Lux Soap and WSJP bring you a St. James Players production of It's a Wonderful Life. Ladies and gentlemen, your director, Karen Gulata. Tonight we present to you the much-loved holiday classic, It's a Wonderful Life. It's the drama of a typical American. Might be you, it might be me. He dreams of glory. He lives in hope. He loves and doubts, and only providence puts a final value on his service to humanity. Our story begins before the war, when life was normal. Shortages were generally unknown, and simple luxuries like Lux soap were abundant. We hope you enjoy this production, and as always, we thank you for supporting the St. James Players. This is the story of George Bailey, citizen of Bedford Falls, New York. George Bailey, who more than anything under the sun, wanted to see the world. The wonderful, exciting world that lies somewhere beyond the limits of his hometown. Oddly enough, this story does not begin in Bedford Falls. In fact, it doesn't begin anywhere in the world. It begins in heaven, where the superintendent of angels has just summoned an apprentice angel named Clarence. I'm really going down to Earth, sir? Oh, how splendid. Yes, there's a very discouraged man down there, Clarence, George Bailey. At exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time, he'll be thinking seriously of ending his life. Oh, dear, dear, his life. Now, I want you to stop him if you can. Sit down, sit down. I'll give you Bailey's case history. Sir. If I should accomplish me mission, may I perhaps get me wings? I've been waiting for over 200 years now, and people are starting to talk. Clarence, what's that book? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine book. Excellent. Well, you do a good job on George Bailey, and we'll see about your wings. Oh, thank you, sir. Now listen. When George Bailey was a boy, two events occurred that you need to know about. One was when his younger brother, Harry, fell through the ice and nearly drowned. George saved him. Brother fell through the ice. George saved him. Ever since, George has had a bad ear. All that icy water, you understand. Yes, bad ear. Yes, sir. The other event came a few months later. George used to work after school in Mr. Gower's drugstore. One day, Mr. Gower's only son died from influenza. It was a terrible blow, and poor Mr. Gower tried to lose his grief in whiskey. Where have you been, George? Mrs. Bland's called twice. What happened to her prescription? You lost it, didn't you? No. No, Mr. Gower. Here it is. Why, you good for nothing? Don't you know the Bland girl's very sick? Mr. Gower, my ear. You're hurting my sore ear. I'll teach you to loaf, you, you lazy brat. Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. I know you feel bad, but look, Mr. Gower, this bottle. You use this bottle to make up capsules. It's poison. P poison Don't hurt my sore ear again, Mr. Gower. Poison? Oh, George, George. That's why I didn't deliver it. I just wanted to make sure, Mr. Gower. Oh, George. 
Well, Clarence, that was George Bailey as a boy. When he grew up, he wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association? Oh, I forgot to tell you. George's father was in the building and loan business. He and George's uncle, Billy. High ideals and low profits. Anyway, George worked for his father and saved enough to put himself through the university. That summer, though, he was going to Europe. He got a job on a cattle boat so he could do a little traveling before college. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's hard to realize that this is my last night in the Bailey boarding house. Well, we're sure going to miss you, George. I'm going to miss you too, Pop. Hey, what's the matter? You look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Oh, I thought when you put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up. Mm, so did I. I just can't understand a man like Mr. Potter. Well, he can't begin to spend all the money he has. I guess Mr. Potter owns about everything he wants in Bedford Falls, except our building and loan. And that's why he hates us. Hey, George, can I borrow your tuxedo? Yeah, help yourself, Harry. Well, where is it? In your suitcase? Well, I'm not taking a tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know. Say, where'd you get such a big suitcase anyway? From Mr. Gower as a going-away present. One of these days, you're going to see that bag all covered with travel labels. Italy and Baghdad and San Marcan. You're going to have a pretty full summer, huh? I'm going to have a pretty full life. Hey, why don't you come to the dance tonight? What? And be bored to death? Well, you couldn't want a better death. Lots of pretty girls. Hey, I gotta hurry. I wish we could send Harry to college with you, George. Well, we got that all figured out now, Pop. He'll take over my job at the building alone and work four years like I did, and then he'll go to college. Yeah, he's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was. Well, maybe you were born older, George. Huh? George, when you get out of college, I don't suppose you'd come back to the building and loan. Oh, now, Pop, I, I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't face being cooped up for the rest of my life in a shabby little office. I, I, I'm sorry, Pop. I, I didn't mean that. It's just this business of nickels and dimes. I, I'd go crazy. I want to do something big, something important. Well, in a small way, we are doing something important, George. In that shabby little office, we help people figure out how they can own their own homes. I, I know, I, I know, Pop. I just wish I felt that, but I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd burst. You're right, son. You get yourself an education, and you get out of here. Oh, Pop. Pop, you want a shock? I think you're a pretty great guy. <laughs> well, thanks, George. I'm glad to hear it. Look, why don't you go on over to Harry's dance? You'll have a good time. Well, I don't know. Oh, maybe I will drop in. Yeah, maybe I will drop in at that. So, George Bailey went to a dance. Is that important, Joseph? Why, it was at the dance that he met Mary Hatch. And three hours later, he was walking her home. George and Mary were feeling pretty good, Clarence. Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? And dance by the light of the moon. Hot dog, oh boy, just like a church organ. Gee whiz. Beautiful. You know something? If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town. Well, why don't you say it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I will. How old are you anyway? Eighteen. Eighteen? 
Why? It was only last year you were 17. Too young or too old? No, 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 no. It's just right. It sort of fits you. Hey, look where we are. Hmm? Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah, I gotta throw a rock. Oh, no, don't. I love that old house. Well, now, don't you know about deserted houses? You make a wish, and then you throw a rock. But, George, it's such a lovely old place. I wish I'd lived there. In there? I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Now watch. Watch this. Here we go. How about it, huh? Pretty good shot, huh? Broke a window, huh? What'd you wish, George? Oh, I don't know. Not just one wish. A whole hatful, Mary. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and going to college. I'll see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers a hundred stories high and bridges a mile long. Hey, Mary, what is it you want? What do you want? You want the moon? All you got to do is just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Okay, the moon. I'll take it. And then what? Then what? Well, you could swallow it and it would dissolve like an aspirin, you know? And the moonbeams would shoot out your fingers and the ends of your hair and... and uh, you think I'm talking too much? Yes. Why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death? How's that? Oh, youth. It's wasted on the wrong people. Hey, hey, wait a minute, mister. Come back here. I'll show you some kissing if you want to see that. George! George! Hey, Uncle Billy, look here. I'm going to kiss Mary. Watch. George, get in the car, quick. Your father's had a stroke. What? What, Pop? Get in, hurry! George's father died that night, Clarence. So of course, George couldn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan had a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor to Mr. Bailey. What was that you said, Mr. Potter? I said, as long as Peter Bailey's dead, let's dissolve the building and loan. We don't need it. Now wait a minute. Now you wait a minute. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. Ideals without common sense can ruin a town. What do you get? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. Now hold on, Mr. Potter, hold on! I meant no disrespect, George. Now wait a minute here. Why my father ever started this cheap penny any building alone, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter. This rabble you're talking about they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, Mr. Potter, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book, George. I'm talking about the building and loan. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on and it's galling you. Well, that's what you're talking about. Well, this town needs this measly one-horse institution. If only to have some place where people can borrow a few dollars without crawling to you. Come on, Uncle Billy. What happened, George? Yeah, all we heard was a lot of yelling. 
Boy, oh boy, you should have heard George. Yeah, they're in there voting us out of business. Who cares? I can get another job. I'm only 41. 45. Will you get out of here, George? You missed your boat trip. Do you want to miss college, too? George, we just voted Potter down. We're still in business. Go whoopee! We're still in business. We're still in business. But there's one condition, George. They've appointed you to take your father's place. Appointed me? Uh, but I'm going to college. Look, uh, this is my last chance. Uncle Billy's your man. George, you've got to take it. They'll vote with Potter otherwise. They even said so. I know. George Bailey didn't go to college. That's right, Clarence. He gave his college money to Harry, and Harry went instead. But what happened to that good-looking lassie? You know, Mary? Oh, George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because Mary went to school, too. Anyway, George waited four more years for Harry to come back and take over the building alone. He could still see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields, Venezuela. Except when Harry came home, he wasn't alone. There was a girl with him, his wife. George? Yeah, I'm out here on the porch, Mother. I just thought I'd get some air. So, how do you like your new sister-in-law? She's swell. Looks like she can keep Harry on his toes. Yeah, and keep him out of Bedford Falls, anyway. What do you mean? Well, Ruth's father, he's got a wonderful job for Harry up in Buffalo. Buffalo? Well, that means you, you can't... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. George, did you know Mary Hatch is back from school? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice girl, Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop grunting. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary. Well, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about Mary. Well, she's not crazy about him. Oh, now how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you? Um, besides, Sam's away in New York. Oh, and all's fair in love and war, huh? Uh-huh, I see. Okay, Mother, I think I'll go out and find that girl and do a little passionate necking. Oh, George. Goodbye, Mrs. Bailey. By the way, do you want any books from the library? Library? George, George, you go and see Mary, do you hear? Are you coming in? Well, I just happen to be passing by here. Oh, I thought you were picketing. Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up your mind? About what? About coming in. Your mother just phoned. She said you were coming over. My mother just phoned? Well, what what's she mean, coming over? I, I just happen to be passing by, that's all. Well, uh... Well, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll come in for a minute. But I didn't tell anybody I was coming here. I can't go out for a walk nowadays without a... So, uh, when'd you get back? Tuesday. Hmm. Where'd you uh, 
Where'd you get that dress? Do you like it? Well, it's all right. Well, no point standing here on the porch. Come on in. I, I still can't understand it. I, I didn't tell anybody I was coming here, you know. Would you rather leave? Well, no. I, I don't want to be rude. Maybe I'll, I'll sit down for a while. It's wonderful about your brother and Ruth, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all right. Don't you like her? Well, of course I like her. She's a peach. Oh, it's just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about. No, 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 no. Marriage is all right for a lot of people. It's all right for Harry, Sam Wainwright, you. And for Sam? Mary? It's George Bailey, Mother. What's he want? I don't know. What do you want? Me? Well, not a thing. I just came in here to get warm. He's making violent love to me, Mother. You just tell him to go right back home. Sam Wainwright said he'd call you tonight from New York, didn't he? I guess so. How about some music? You know, your mother needs to, well, uh, you know, I didn't come in here well, to... What did you come here for then? I don't know. You're supposed to be the one with all the answers. You tell me. Oh, why don't you go home? I don't know why I came here in the first place. Good night. Good night. Mary, telephone Mary. I'll tell you, the way you're shouting, you think that... You think what? Mary, Mary. All right, I'll get it. George, on your way out, would you mind turning off the phonograph? I'd be very happy to. <laughs> Doggone crazy song. Hello, Sam. Mary, gee, it's good to hear your voice. How are you, Sam? Uh, I forgot my hat. Hee-haw. What? Oh, I was just talking to an old friend of yours, George Bailey. Old Mossback George? Old Mossback George. Well, put him on. I'll talk to him, too. Wait a second. George? He doesn't want to speak to George. He does so. He asked for him. Uh, did you call me? Because if you did, I'm in a hurry. Sam wants to talk to you. Oh, oh. Uh... Hiya, Sam. Hey, fine pal you are, trying to steal my girl. What do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, Mary, uh, take the phone. No, no, wait, George. I want to speak to you both. Tell Mary to get on the extension upstairs. He wants you to get on the extension upstairs. I can't. Mother's on the extension. I am not. We can both hear, George. Just put your head a little closer. There, that's better. We're listening, Sam. Well, I have a big deal coming up, and it's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that time you told me about making plastic out of soybeans? Soybeans? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, soybeans. Well, my father's checked into it, George, and he's going to put up a factory. How do you like that? Factory, huh? And, and here's the point, George. I may have a job for you, unless you're still married to that broken-down building and loan. Mary? I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime, do you hear? He says it's the chance of a lifetime. Give me that phone. Here's George again, Sam. George! Now you listen to me, Mary. I don't want any plastics. I don't want any job. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. Do you understand that? I want to do what I want to do. And you're not going to trick me. And you... Oh, Mary. George. Mary, oh, Mary, darling. I love you, Mary. Hey, where are you two going on this here now honeymoon? We're going to shoot the works, Ernie. A whole week in New York. A whole week in Bermuda. 
The highest hotels, the oldest champagne, the hottest music, and the prettiest wife. So you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls, huh? Then what? Then what, honey? After that, who cares? Oh, that does it. Hey, you know, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed hey, you yet. Hey, George, there's something funny going on over there. Look, over at the bank, it looks like a run. Huh? Uh, pull over a minute, will you, Ernie? George, let's not stop, please. Oh. Let's go straight to the station. Wait a minute, I, I better see what it is. I'll be right back. George, please. George! In a few moments, we'll return with Act Two of It's a Wonderful Life. Ladies and gentlemen, Clarence Oddbody here. I will return to my duties helping George Bailey after intermission. But right now, Joseph has sent me to Lebanon County to help Karen Golata and the St. James Players. Karen and her team do so much for local theater, particularly when it involves children, that we cannot help thinking how heavenly it would be if you chipped in to help keep this wonderful theater alive. I will now wait in the wings while my boss, Joseph, tells you what to do. He is good at it. It is very simple, dear listener. Pick up your pen and write a check to St. James Players. Mail it to St. James Players, 45 East Strack Drive, Myerstown, Pennsylvania, 17067. Let me repeat the address. 45 East Strack Drive, Myerstown, Pennsylvania, 17067. Your contribution in any amount is tax deductible. Okay, Clarence, time to get back to Bedford Falls as we raise the radio curtain on Act Two. Listen, Joseph. There are people all over Lebanon County earning their wings right now, helping the St. James players. How wonderful. Act two of It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jack Ferry as George, Kirsten Schaefer as Mary, and Jack Cantwell as Clarence. Well, we're back in heaven again, where the superintendent of angels is reviewing the case history of a mortal named George Bailey. Clarence, the apprentice angel, is very eager to depart on his mission to the earth. Poor George Bailey. He's certainly in desperate trouble, Joseph. I'll go to him at once. Now you sit down, Clarence. Sit down. We're nowhere near the point where George Bailey is thinking of taking his life. We're not? Now, where were we? Ah, oh, yes, yes. George and Mary had just started out on their honeymoon when they ran smack into the financial panic of 1932. In the waiting room of the building and loan, a hundred frantic people were clamoring for their savings. What's going on, Uncle Billy? What's happening with all those people out there? This is a real pickle, George. 
All I know is that the bank called it loan an hour ago. I had to hand over all our cash. Holy mackerel! The whole town's going crazy. The bank's in the same spot that we are. Our charter, too. Well, what about our charter? Our charter says we have to stay open until 6 p.m. The state can take away our license if we don't. Well, how can we stay open until 6 without any money? George, where are you going? Out to talk to those people. Come on. Please, please, folks, just a minute. Now, please. Where's our money, George? Where's our money? Come on, now, please. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Listen to me. You're thinking of this place all wrong. Your money's not here. Your money's in people's houses, in the Kennedy house and the McLaren house, and your house and a hundred others. Now, what are you going to do? Foreclose on them? I got $240 in shares. Now let me have it. All right, all right now, Charlotte. You'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Uh, well, now, folks, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. I got my money. Old man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. Well, then let's take our shares to Potter. Half is better than nothing. Uh, now, wait a minute, folks. Wait. I beg of you not to do this. If Potter gets hold of your shares, he'll own this building alone. He's got the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us because he wants you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent that he decides to charge. Now look, we can get through this thing, all right? But we've got to stick together. We've got to have faith in each other. My husband's out of work. We need money. I've got doctor bills to pay. Can't feed my kids on faith. How much do you need? We still have some money. Hey, Mary! Here it is, George. You told me to hang on to it. It would have made a nice honeymoon. Bought furniture, too. Hey, now, now wait a minute, folks. Listen, listen. I've got $2,000. All right, Charlotte, how much do you need? $240. Oh, no, no, Charlotte. Just enough to tide you over. I said $240. Okay, okay. Uncle Billy, please give Charlotte $240. Now, Edwina, how much just to get by? Twenty dollars, I suppose. All right, now you're talking. Mrs. Thompson, how about you? Twenty dollars will do for me. Good, good. Uncle Billy, pay it back when you can now. Pay it back when you can. All right, now who's next? Look at the clock, look! Five seconds, four seconds, three, two, one. Six o'clock, we've made it! Hey, lock that door, quick! Boy, we're still in business, Uncle Billy. We've even got two bucks left. George, there's a call for you. Okay, and then call my wife, will you? She's probably over at Mother's. Mrs. Bailey's on the line. I, I don't want Mrs. Bailey. I want my wife, Mrs. Bailey. Oh, well, Mrs. Bailey, that, that's my wife. Uh, give me that phone, will you? Hey, uh, Mary, listen. Mary, I, I'm sorry. I... Hmm? Come home? What home? A 323 Sycamore? Well, whose home is that? Well, Mary, how can I... Uh, uh, well, sure, sure. Uh, all right. No, I'll be there. Clarence, can you guess what 323 Sycamore was? His mother-in-law's house. Oh, no. 323 Sycamore was the old Granville house. 
the one George threw rocks at and made wishes. Yes, sir, that's where they spent their honeymoon. That's where they started housekeeping. They were still living there two years later when old man Potter asked George to stop over at his office. Sit down, George, sit down. Have a cigar? Well, uh, thank you, sir. George, you're a young man. Married, making, say, $40 a week at the building and loan? Uh, 45 45 Now, if you were some ordinary yokel, I'd say you were doing just fine. But George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. He hates the building and loan almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get out of town ever since he was born, but he's trapped. Trapped into frittering his life away, playing nursemaid to a bunch of garlic eaters. Do I paint a correct picture or do I exaggerate? Uh, now, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is that you're the only man in town who's licked me. George, I want to hire you. Manage my affairs. I'll start you off at $20,000 a year. $20,000 a year? Are you sure you're talking to me? I'm George Bailey. Don't you remember me, the building alone? Remember? Yes, George Bailey, whose ship has just come in, provided he has sense enough to climb on board. Uh, but, but, but what about the building alone? Confound it, man! I'm offering you a three-year contract at $20,000 a year. Is it a deal or isn't it? Well, I, uh, uh, no, 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 the answer is no, doggone it. If you offer me a million dollars to stay around this town and play stooge to you, the answer would still be no. Now let me alone. Don't bother me. George, what did Mr. Potter want? Oh, it was nothing. He just talked talk. It was nothing. Mary Hatch, Mary, well, Mary, why in the world did you ever marry a guy like me anyway? To keep from being an old maid. I was going to see the world. I was going to build things. I was going to give you the moon. What have I given you? What, what, what have I given you? I haven't even given you a new dress, not, not for months. Gee whiz, I, I feel awful. So do I. Mornings, especially. You could have married Sam Wainwright or, or anybody else in town. I didn't want to marry anybody else. I want my baby to look like you. You didn't even have a honeymoon. And I promised you that you, that you, 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 you're what? My baby. You're, you're, mean, you mean, my, uh, Mary, Mary, you mean you're on the nest? Well, Mary had her baby, Clarence. A boy. You don't say. And then she had another. A girl. Well, what do you know? Night after night, George would come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building and loan. Potter was really bearing down on him. And then came the war. Mary had another baby by then. Oh. But she still had time to help out with the USO. Uncle Billy sold war bonds 
and George's brother Harry became a real hero. Shot down 15 planes. But George, what about George? Well, George was 4F due to his bad ear. He was an air raid warden. On VE day, he wept and prayed. On VJ day, he wept and prayed again. Oh, we're, we're getting pretty close to today, aren't we, sir? Yes, Clarence. You now know almost everything you have to know about George Bailey, except what happened that finds him down there at this moment, wanting to die. Well, sir, well... Uh... Well, today's the day before Christmas, Earth time. George is pretty excited. Oh, Tilly! Eustace! Hey, look at the newspaper! Commander Harry Bailey, decorated by President. That's my kid brother. The Congressional Medal of Honor. Gosh, George, gosh! What do you think about that? Fifteen enemy planes... And the last one he got was just about to dive into a transport loaded with soldiers. You know what that means? He saved lives. Hundreds of them. <laughs> Gee whiz. Hey, hey, where's Uncle Billy? He's gone to the bank, George. He's depositing that $8,000. Good, 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 good. Uh, hey, uh, who's that in his office there? It's that woman again, the bank examiner. Uh-oh. Oh, good afternoon, Miss Carter. Hey, Tilly, get the books from Miss Carter. You know, that's my brother's picture there, Miss Carter. He shot down 15 planes and one of them... Well, 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 Mr. Henry Potter's come to the bank to deposit some more loot, eh? Watch out, you old fool. <laughs> How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? You just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Let me see that newspaper. Here. Sorry I can't chat, you old thief. I gotta make a deposit. Uh, here you go, Henrietta. Deposit slip, bank book, and a very Merry Christmas to you. You too, Mr. Bailey. Say you've forgotten something, haven't you? <laughs> Henrietta, I've forgotten things all my life. Get a wiggle on, lady. But, Mr. Bailey, where's the money? What's that? You want to make a deposit? Well, of course I want to make a deposit. Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. Well, it, it's gone. Well, where'd I put it? Where'd I put that money? A terrible thing, Clarence. <sighs> terrible. Uncle Billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the $8,000 was folded up in that newspaper he gave the old man, Potter. I just don't know what happened to it, George. I just don't know. $8,000. Uncle Billy, the bank examiner's here, and it's not our money. It belongs to the depositors. George, what are we going to do? I've traced every step I took. We can't just stand here on the street. Uh, look, are, are you sure you didn't put that envelope in your coat pocket? Uh, I think so. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I'm no good to you, George. I'm no good. Now, now listen to me. Listen to me. Think. Think. Will you now? Try to think. I can't think anymore, George. It hurts to think. Now, where's that money? You silly old fool. Do you know what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal in prison. Oh, one of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Now, get out of my way. I'm going home. 
George, dear, what's wrong? You haven't said a word since you came home. All that banging on that piano. Does she have to keep playing that same piece over and over and over and over again? I have to practice for the Christmas party, Daddy. What is it, dear? Another hectic day? Yeah, yeah. Another red-letter day for the Baileys. Dad, the Murphys have a brand new car. You should see it. Well, what's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? I'm sorry, Dad. I only... Run upstairs, Petey. See if Zuzu's all right. Okay, Mom. Now, now what do you mean, see if Zuzu's all right? What, what do you mean? Oh, she caught a little cold coming home from school. She didn't button up her coat. Well, what is it? What do you mean? It's just a cold? George, the doctor said it was nothing serious. The doctor? Was the doctor here? Well, I thought he better look at her. It's this old, drafty house. It's a wonder we don't all have pneumonia. Might as well be living in the refrigerator. Why don't to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old house? George, what's happened? Everything's happened. You call this a happy family? Well, why do we have to have all these kids? Daddy, how do you spell frankincense? I don't know. Why don't you ask your mother? Where are you going? Upstairs to see Zuzu. Hello? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. I'm sure she'll be all right. Who's that? Zuzu's school teacher. Oh, yes. The doctor says she'll be fine tomorrow. Uh, give me that phone. George, please. Mrs. Welsh, this is Mr. Bailey. Say, what kind of teacher are you anyway? What do you mean sending Zuzu home like that half naked? Do you realize she'll probably end up with pneumonia just because of your stupidity? Oh, well, maybe my kids aren't the best dressed in town, but at least they... Uh, hello? Hello? Ah! Jeannie, will you stop playing that lousy piano? Now cut it out! Cut it out! Stop it! George, for heaven's sakes, what's wrong with you? I, uh, I'm sorry. Janie, uh, I'm sorry. Mary, I, I just, I, I, I've got to get out of here. So that's it, George. You're short $8,000 from your accounts, eh? Uh, please, Mr. Potter. I'll pay any sort of a bonus. If you still want the building alone, I suppose. You say it was lost. Have you notified the police? Uh, no, sir. Uh, I haven't done that yet. Harry's homecoming's tomorrow. Well, why come to me? What about your good friend, Sam Wainwright? I can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe. What kind of security would I have, George? What collateral? Uh, oh, yes, sir. I, I have some life insurance here. A $15,000 policy. What's your equity in it? $500. And you want $8,000? You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man crawling on your hands and knees for help? Why don't you go to the riffraff you love so much? and ask them for help. I'll, I'll do anything, Mr. Potter. Please, uh, please help me. My wife and kids. I'm <laughs> calling the district attorney. $500. You know something, George? You're worth more dead than you are alive. Now get out of here. Get out.
and all the time, Potter had the $8,000 in his desk drawer. It's still there, Clarence. But where's George, sir? Where? Well, he went over to Martini's Cafe. He's had a couple of drinks, Clarence. He's just standing there, sort of in a daze. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dear Father in Heaven, I'm not a praying man. But if you're up there and you can hear me, please show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. Mr. Bailey, you all right? Don't drink anymore, Mr. Bailey, please. You don't feel good. Bailey? Did you say Bailey? Which Bailey? This gentleman is Mr. George Bailey. George Bailey, huh? And the next time you talk to my wife like that, you'll get worse. It isn't enough she slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. You gotta ball her out. You get out of here, Mr. Welch. You hit my best friend. Get out. All right, I'm leaving. Mr. Bailey, are you okay? No, who's, who's that? Mr. Welsh, but don't worry. He don't come into this place no more. I'll get something for your face. It's bleeding. All right. Please, don't go away. No, leave me alone. Please, don't go. Leave me alone. Well, George left Martini's Cafe five minutes ago, Clarence. He's at the river now, on the bridge, looking at the water. Are you ready, Clarence? All ready, sir. Very well. Save George Bailey's life, and you'll get your wings. Me wings? Oh, thank you, Joseph. George! George Bailey! Do you hear me? Get away from that bridge! In a few moments, we'll return with Act 3 of It's a Wonderful Life. Numb with despair, after Mr. Potter said he's worth more dead than alive, George Bailey stands on a bridge, staring at the dark and frigid waters below. Suddenly, there's a splash. Help! Help! I'm drowning! Help! No, that's not George. It's Clarence, the apprentice angel. And there goes George in after him. Hmm. It's a few minutes later now, and in the bridge keeper's shack, George and Clarence are drying off. You both sure you're all right? You and a doctor? No, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm fine. Sorry about me underwear. I didn't have time to get anything more stylish. Uh, my wife gave it to me on my last birthday. I passed away in it. You what, mister? Oh, I see Tom Sawyer's drying out too. Who? 
my book. I left it in such a hurry, I brought Tom Sawyer with me. Oh, how'd you happen to fall in? Oh, I jumped in. I jumped in to save you. You jumped in to save me. Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Hey, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yes, it's against the law where I come from, too. Where do you come from? Heaven. Oh, that's very funny. Ah, your lip's bleeding. Yeah, yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer. Oh, no, no, George. I'm the answer to your prayer. Hey, how'd you know my name? I know all about you. Well, who are you supposed to be, anyway? Clarence Oddbody. AS2. Clarence Oddbody. Well, what, what's that AS2 for? Angel. Second class. Hey, I'm getting out of here. You might not need a doctor, but I do. Cheerio, my good man. Hey, uh, look here. Why'd you want to save me? Because I'm your guardian angel, George. Oh, I see. Well, you look like the kind of angel I'd get. I'll give you that. What happened to your wings? I haven't won me wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. Oh, I see. But you can help me earn them, George, by letting me help you. Oh, uh-huh. You don't have $8,000, do you? Ah, uh, no. No, we don't use money in heaven. Oh, uh, that's right. I keep forgetting. I see. Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. Oh, tap, tap, tap. Of course, I found it out a little late. You know I'm worth more dead than alive. Oh, you mustn't talk like that. Joseph will never get me wings if you're feeling that way. You just don't realize what you've done for folks, George. Why, if it hadn't been yeah, for you... Yeah, if it hadn't been for me, everybody would be a lot better off. Everybody. My wife and my kids and my friends. Oh, this isn't going to be easy. They'd all be better off if I hadn't been born. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. George, that's wonderful. Wonderful? Why? The idea you just gave me. Well, you got your wish. You've never been born. I've never been born. Exactly. No worries, no $8,000 to get, nothing. You simply don't exist. All right, all right, okay, all right. George, I can do things, strange things. I can show you the world, George, the way it would have been if you hadn't been born. Hey, wait a minute. This ear of mine, say something else in that bad ear. Ah, you don't have a bad ear anymore. Oh, I don't think you're concentrating, don't you see? You're not the George Bailey you think you are. Well, you're, you're nobody. That's the doggonest thing I ever saw. That ear. Yeah, your lips stopped bleeding, too. Yeah. Hey, what's happening around here? What is this, anyway? I need a drink. That's what I need. What about you, Angel? Well, you I want don't a drink? quite know. Come on, come on. We'll go as soon as our clothes are dry. The clothes are dry, George. Hey. So they are. That's funny. Well, look, let's get dressed and we'll stroll over to Martini's and then, oh, uh, excuse me. I mean, I'll stroll, you fly. Oh, no, no, I don't have me wings. That's right, you don't have your wings yet. I forgot that again. Now, a couple of drinks and we'll both fly, huh? What do you have? Hey, uh, where's the boss? Where's Martini? Look, wise guy, I'm the boss, see? 
Well, double scotch quick, will you? What's yours? Well, you know what I just love? Some mulled wine. Huh? Heavy on the cinnamon and light on the cloves. Now off with you, my lad, and lively now. Now cut it out. Oh, come on now. Just give him the same as I ordered. He's okay. Two double scotch. How about this place? It's all changed. Well, all of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. Oh, there'll be lots of things you've never seen before. Oh, good. Somebody just made it. Made what? Every time a bell rings, it means some angel got his wings. What did you just say? Uh, look, uh, Clarence, I don't think you better talk about angels around here. Don't they believe in angels? Uh, yeah, they, uh, they believe in them. Yeah, well, then but you what, know, it's just a thing what, about... Uh, why would people be surprised when they see one? Uh, don't mind him, bartender. He's just a little fellow. He just never grew up, and, uh, uh, how old are you anyway, Clarence? Well, uh, next May, I'll be 293. All right, that does it. A couple of pixies, huh? Go on, get. You hear me? Oh, get. Where, where's Martini? Will you, will you just tell me that, at least? Stop asking about Martini. He ain't here, and he... Hey, yo, Rummy! Didn't I tell you to never come panhandling around here? George, look. Hey, it's Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower. Listen, Mr. Gower, don't you know me? This is George Bailey. Uh, you buy me a drink, mister? Just one drink, will you, mister? Nikki, throw the rummy out. No, 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 please. The bartender, that's Mr. Gower, the, the druggist. That rumhead spent 20 years in jail for poisoning some kid. If you know him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Nikki, here's two more. Get him out of here. Get up, George. Good thing he threw us in a snowbank, huh? Hey, where's Mr. Gower? Well, Mr. Gower doesn't know you, George. You see, you weren't there to stop him from putting poison into that prescription. What do you mean I wasn't there? Look, tell me, what are you? Are, are you a hypnotist? George? Look, why am I seeing these strange things here? Well, don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Well, then if I wasn't born, then who am I? Nobody. You have no identity. Well, what do you mean I have no identity? No papers, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy. Uh, Zuzu's bell. What? Zuzu's bell. I bought my little girl a bell to hang on the Christmas tree, and I forgot to give it to her. I've got it right here in my... Hey, it's gone. It's gone, too. Uh, everything's gone. Oh, but you've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like if you'd never been born. You're crazy. You're crazy as a bedbug, and you're driving me crazy, too. Now look, I'm going home to my wife and family. Do you understand that? And I'm going home alone. Better not leave him alone, Clarence. Keep following him. Oh, Joseph, I'll stay near him, sir. Poor George. He's seeing Main Street now the way it would be if he hadn't lived. Huh. The, thing, the thing that really shocked him, sir, is, is the building and loan office. You know what's there now? A pawn shop. What's he doing? Can you see? He's, uh, he's, ta he's talking to Ernie Bishop, the taxi driver. He wants to go home. You better tag along, Clarence. Oh, I will, sir. I will.
Come on, step on it, will you, Ernie? Get me home. I'm off my nut. Where do you live, buddy? Oh, now, doggone it, Ernie. Don't you start pulling that stuff on me. 323 Sycamore. 323 Sycamore? Yeah, hurry up. Zuzu is sick. Okay, buddy. Hey, hey, look, Ernie. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm going crazy here. I, I got some bad liquor or something. Look, tell me this now. You're Ernie Bishop, right? And you live with your wife and kid. You've seen on... my wife. What do you mean, I've seen your wife? I've been to your house a hundred times. We built it for you, didn't we? My wife took the kid and ran away five years ago. And I ain't never seen you before in my life, see? Okay, Ernie, okay. Just step on it. Get me home. Mary! Mary, where are you? Janie! Petey! Zuzu! Where are you? This is just an old abandoned house, George. You have no wife, no children. Where are they? What have you done with them? There they are. See? That's them. I told you. All right, up with your hands. Ah, oh, Bert. Bert the cop. Thank heaven you're here. Now look, why don't you be a good fellow? I'll take you to a doctor. Bert, listen to me. What's with you guys? It's that guy there. He says he's an angel. He, he tried to hypnotize me. I hate sneeze my nightstick, but I guess I got Ow! Run, George, run! He can't hit you while I'm biting him. Ow! George, run! Me teeth aren't what they used to be. Oh, Joseph. Joseph, help! Joseph! Joseph! Where'd they go, Ernie? Where'd they go? I, I don't know. They, they just disappeared. Clarence. Oh, Joseph, I hope you don't mind my calling on you like I did. It was very irregular, Clarence. You're by yourself again. Where's George? He's at his mother's house, sir. Well, if George hasn't been born, he has no mother. Oh, he's being very stubborn, sir. He'll, he'll just have to find these things out for himself. But his mother, that's a terribly bitter blow to a man. His own mother not knowing him? You mean I shouldn't have let him? I mean, you better find him right away. Oh, and stop biting policemen, Clarence. I'm here again, George. My mother, my own mother didn't know me. If only Harry was here. If my brother was only back from Washington. Your brother fell through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. Well, that's a lie. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. Don't you see, George? You really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Clarence? Yes? Where's Mary? Please, where's well, my wife? I'm, I'm not supposed to tell. Tell me where she is. You're not gonna like it, George. Tell me where she is. I'll beat it out of you, I have to. Where's my wife? The library. She works there. She's just about to lock up for the night. So I, uh, George, George, come back.
Oh, oh, there must be some easier way for me to get me wings. Mary, Mary. I'm sorry, the library's closed. Mary, it's George. Don't you know me? No, I don't know you. Let me go. Mary, please. Don't do this to me, please. Mary, help me, Mary. Where are our kids? I need you, Mary, please. Get away from me. I'll scream. Help, help. Help me, Mary. I'm George. Ah! Mary. Where is he, Joseph? Where's George? Oh, I'm afraid I've lost him, sir. You knew you shouldn't have let him try to see Mary. Now they're after him. A mob. They think he was trying to hurt her. Oh, Joseph, I won't even get one wing, will I? You have one more chance, Clarence. Get over to the bridge by the river. I think George has seen just about enough. Oh, but the mob... Don't worry. They've lost him, too. Now hurry up. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Clarence! Clarence, where are you? I'm here, George. Help me, Clarence. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Only get me back to my wife and kids. Please, I want to live again. Thank you, George. I want to live again. Please, oh God, please, let me live again. George! Is that you down there, George? Now, now get out of here, Bert. Get out of here. You come any closer, I'll let you have it. When the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? Come on, uh, uh, George. George, uh, Bert, do you know me? Know you? I've been looking all over town for you. Where have you been? Hey, Bert. Bert, I'm alive again, Bert. You sure you're all right? Hey, your mouth's bleeding. It is? Hey, my mouth's bleeding. Bert, look at the blood come out of there, would you? And Zuzu's Christmas bell. Bert, I had it right in my pocket. Here it is! Hey, it's in my pocket! What do you know about that? Hey, Merry Christmas, Bert! Well, Merry Christmas, George. Get in the car, I'll drive you home. You will, Bert? Well, do that and turn the siren way up, huh? Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas, old building and loan! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Yippee! Come on. Uh, hey, Bert, come in with me, huh? Oh, what's all these people? Oh, reporters. Hey, Merry Christmas, reporters. Hey, Miss Bank Examiner. Merry Christmas. Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know it. $8,000, I bet, huh? George, I've got a little paper here. I'm sorry, but... I bet it's a warrant for my arrest. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Merry Christmas. Uh, hey, uh, where's Mary? Do you know? Look at this wonderful old drafty house. Uh, hey, have you seen my wife? Uh, where's Mary? Mary! Daddy, Daddy, Merry Christmas. Kids! Hey, kids! Oh, Janie, Petey. Oh, I could just eat you up. Oh, where's your mother? She went looking for you, Daddy, with Uncle Billy. Daddy! Zuzu, my little ginger snap. Oh, how do you feel, huh? Fine, Daddy, not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> not a smidge of temperature. Hallelujah! George! George, darling! It's Mommy! 
Mommy's home. Mary! George, where have you been? Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. Oh, now look. Just let me touch you. Oh, you're real, Mary. You have no idea what's happened to me. You have no idea what's happened either. They're on their way here. Who? Who's on their way here? Oh, the police department, the FBI, the National Guard. I'm alive again, Mary. Oh, listen, Mary, I'm alive again. Oh, yes, darling, yes. Now close your eyes and come on downstairs. What is it? Can I open my eyes yet, Mary? What's going on? Now keep your eyes closed. Now I'll just walk you over here by the Christmas tree. People, I, I hear lots of people. What is it? Just one minute now. We're all ready, Uncle Billy. Come in, everybody. George, look, just look. Uncle Billy. Money, George. A laundry basket filled with money. Money for you. Mary did it, George. Mary. I, I don't understand. What money? What? People heard you were in trouble, darling. These people, your friends, they've collected this money for you. The $8,000. Charlotte. Oh, hey, there's Martini. Mr. Gower. Hey, how are you, Mr. Gower? Oh, Mrs. Thompson, Edwina, Tom, everybody. None of us would have a roof over our heads if it wasn't for you, George. Oh, gosh, this is wonderful. Uh, hey, Mary, look who's coming in. Mother. Hi, Mother. Oh, and Harry. Got Mary's telegram, George. I flew in as fast as I could. Hey, everybody, a toast. How about a toast? Good idea, Ernie. A toast to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. Forget. Here, honey. Here's your bell. Daddy. George, what's this on the table here? This book. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. There's something written in it. Dear George, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence. Clarence? Mrs. Welch says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> that's right, Zuzu. That's right, that's right. <laughs> a boy, Clarence. a boy. Happy landing. It is indeed a wonderful life, so long as we can have such fine friends as all of you who have taken the time to listen, as well as the friendship of all the talented people who worked so hard to create this production. From all of us at the St. James Players, we wish you a good night and Merry Christmas. <laughs>